You didn't ask for it, but here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. All right, hello and welcome into the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. My name is Flynn. I'm going to be one of your hosts for the evening. I'm here with my fellow hosts, Kevin Reynolds. Hi, I'm Kevin Reynolds, and I will also be one of your hosts for this evening. I'm here with my fellow host, Andrew Hovkamp. I didn't have anything prepared. Was that supposed to was that supposed to prepare something? Just say you're here. How's it going, guys? You're, bar- you're barely here. You're barely here. <laughs> and and I just want everyone to know, um, Jacob has gone on strike. He has said that unless we start paying him, he is no longer going to be part of this podcast. And so we have we have uh, lost Jacob for yet another episode. He is on strike. Um, we may a- be may be able to to pledge to him for for future payments in the future. But right now, he is saying that he is. Uh, uh, no, no pay, no work. So, uh, you know, we're 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 one man down again. And we're the three best friends that anyone <laughs> could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Are we gonna get sued? And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. Are we gonna get sued for you singing that poorly? Uh, no, Ow. there's no way. There's no way they would mistake it. That was horrible compared comparatively. <laughs> Um, but if you do think that our podcast is a thousand times better without pretty, um, let us know. Cause we'll leave them on strike and never pay. <laughs> yeah, like, that's fine. We will make that concession. <laughs> or instead, uh, we are going to be launching our Patreon page. So if you go to patreon.com slash aired BNB, um, we're going to be starting our Patreon page. And so if you want to contribute to Jacob's hard work or any of our, I wouldn't call it hard work. I would call it presence shenanigans present we're here that is that is i think the the greatest quality we have is we're here should we call it a paid jacob page not a paid treon page i don't understand who treon is who's treon yeah who's treon is that a new host maybe we'll get treon to come on the next the next podcast um and maybe a, a, a drink some bourbon with us. So I'm saying if we um, pay Dreon and we don't pay Jacob, Jacob's going to stay on strike. That's my only yeah, point. So, so we'll announce, uh, you know, this is episode 25. We'll announce it on our social media pages at AiredBNB as well uh, when this comes out. But at patreon.com slash AiredBNB, um, we have some levels that you can get some exclusive extra content um, because, you know, listening to us get drunk for an hour and a half usually isn't enough for one person per week. So, you know, if you want more of that, we got gotcha. you. We got you. So tonight, so before I go into what I'm drinking, I have a couple of things that I want to talk about. First, last week, Kevin and I went to a friend's house um, who was opening a 30-year-old bottle of Blanton's that was bottled in 1991. Um, And he's (laughs) a bourbon collector. It was its birthday. Yeah, yeah, it was like July 27th or something like that, 1991, it was bottled. Um, and so he opens it. It was a phenomenal pour of bourbon. Um, and they had some other Blantons there, uh, you know, trying, you know, newer Blantons versus this 30-year-old Blantons. Night and day. Night and day what the the uh, taste was. Uh, but I also got to try a lot of bourbons that I have been wanting to try, basically, since getting into bourbon. George T. Stagg, Weller Foolproof, um, uh, Willett Family Reserve. So so a lot of really nice stuff that I'm like, I'll never get to try that. I got to try last week, which was great. Um, so we had a really good time. So thanks to Brian for that. He definitely doesn't listen to this podcast, but I'd like to, no. <laughs> to shout it out. Shout it out, you know. Um, he will when you send him that T-shirt. Second off, 
I watched Caddyshack. Oh, God. Oh, no. This is Barry in the lead, Flynn. No one cares about your bourbon. I watched Caddyshack, and I'm not sure I laughed once. It wasn't funny to me. It says a lot about you, bro. Bill Murray was... I mean, Kevin and I have teased doing this podcast, like going uh, going it alone on, on this podcast, <laughs> cutting it down to two. I think we have to at this point. Yeah, next week we'll launch the Bourbon Broadcast podcast, and uh, Flynn won't be allowed to be a part of it. And talk about the monarchy. Um, so, so it, Bill, like, Bill Murray wasn't in it for much, and his character was confusing to me, and... and uh, He's a groundskeeper, Flynn, in charge of getting rid of the gopher problem. I just found it annoying uh, at times and not funny at times. And it was definitely, you know, if I I think if I would have watched it during that period of comedies, I probably would have laughed. But watching it in 2021. Do you think that we watched it in like 1980? Yeah, probably. Kevin Kevin maybe, but no one else did. Sometimes yeah. you just appreciate something for what it is, so not I what you want it to be. I will give Flynn some props in the fact that I, I just watched that that biopic on Doug Kennedy, who Flynn, because you don't know anything about anything. Doug Kennedy developed National Lampoons. He wrote um, Animal House, and that's how he gained a ton of notoriety. He essentially created Saturday Night Live, and then Lauren Michaels showed up with a bunch of money and stole his entire cast, um, and that's why SNL. Um, was made. Doug Kennedy was a crazy person and had terrible issues with drugs and family problems and all this stuff. But he wrote Caddyshack. And um, in the middle of at least what happens in the biopic, and I haven't done enough research to learn how much of this is true story, but it's on Netflix. You can go watch it. I forget the name of it. I'll look it up here in a second. But the um, the what happens in the movie is in the middle of filming and writing Caddyshack, he essentially goes, has another drug-induced you know, escapade and then gets thrown out of his own movie and doesn't like what they turned it into because the producer forced them to put in the like animatronic gopher and some of these other things that he was adamant not happen. So Doug Kennedy is, he, um, you know, he was really upset with how Caddyshack turned out. And when it became, when it hit the box offices, it tanked. Later in life, it became like a cult classic that people came back to. But it was not instantly a hit the same way that Animal House was. So you and Doug Kennedy, the creator, agree that Anna, that that Caddyshack's not great. But you're both wrong because it's an iconic film. Yeah. I, I just think that Rodney Dangerfield was not necessary at all. So Doug Kennedy would agree with that. He was not a Rodney <laughs> fan. So, so, you know, I, I'm a great uh, co- comedic mind, obviously. Um, but I will say that Pretty's rendition of the uh, the Masters... Uh, the Bill, yeah. Uh, it was the really Bill good. Murray... Like, perfect. And so when I heard <laughs> Bill Murray say it, and I was like, he was, he was imitating Pretty, obviously. Um, anyway... Into bourbon. Um, so tonight, hang on, I am, hang on one uh, second, real, real yeah. quick. The film that's on Netflix you can watch is called A Feudal and Stupid Gesture. That's what that is the one that's all about Doug Kennedy, and it is. It's a really funny, really really funny movie, and it has a, a cast that you're constantly like, "Oh my god, that guy's in this movie! Oh my god, that guy's <laughs> in this movie!" So go go watch that. You you enjoy it a lot. You learn a lot about the history of comedy in the United States. So on with the bourbon. Nice. So tonight I am drinking for our 25th 
episode. Um, it is called Bad Tom Smith Breathitt County Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And so uh, a little backstory on why I bought this bottle. I, my grandfather, um, Fairsey Oscar Woods, was the head basketball coach in, in Breathitt County. Um, he's a Hall of Fame basketball coach. He made it to the state tournament multiple times, um, taking a, a, a small town basketball team and turning it into a uh, kind of a Kentucky powerhouse back, back in the day. Um, and so they actually, when I was a kid, named their new basketball coliseum the Fairsey O. Woods Coliseum. Um, and so it's it's a really cool gesture. Um, I still tell people to this day, if I if, if they say they're from Breathitt County, I'm like, oh, my grandfather's Fairsey Woods. And they know exactly who I'm talking about to this day. Um, and so Bad Tom Smith, Breathitt County Bourbon. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this. And so digging into it a little bit deeper, it is, it is sourced from Indiana which is a, a normal thing that, that newer distilleries do. It's a, by Bad Tom Smith Distillery um, in Cincinnati, Ohio. But the, the description on the back is what that makes this awesome. So it says, Bad Tom Smith was an American outlaw from Breathitt County, Kentucky. He spent most of his adult life cheating the gallows. Before the noose was placed around his neck, he spoke to the 5,000 people who came to see him. Quote, bad women and bad whiskey have brought me where I am. Don't drink bad whiskey and don't do as I have done. Nice. So here's to bad Tom Smith. This is barrel number eight um, that they have done. So very, very new. So uh, it is a delightful, uh, full flavored bourbon. It's a, a, a 110 proof um, and it tastes very much like caramel. So it's, it's a very good pour. Kevin, what are you drinking? Cheers. All right, so, you know, like Flynn said, we went to that bourbon people's party the other night where we got to, you know, open some bourbons and try some things we never had before. It was so awesome. It was really great. One of the things that happened there, though, um, is folks were sitting around, and they were talking about some of the the nice Willet bourbons that were there. And I heard one of the guys say, you know, I'm not a big fan of the pot still Willet. And I heard one Flynn Ashley chime in and say, you know, neither am I. I don't like that one very much. Well... That concerned me because the pot still will it, which I'm holding in my hand, <laughs> is the bourbon that I give the most as gifts because it's a gorgeous bottle. Um, yeah. And it's a really nice display item. And I've always thought the whiskey was pretty good. Um, so I've poured it tonight to take uh, to give my own reaction to it. And, you know, I... You say that like you've never had it. No, but... But you know, to to I I feel like I've my you know, I wouldn't say I love this bourbon. My uh, high marks on this bourbon, I feel like they've been challenged, and so um, <laughs> you know, I I want to sort of respond to that in a couple ways. So first of all, I do think that um, this particular Willet label is not the strongest of them, and it is very high rye, which makes me think that Flynn would like it because you, you really like Old Granddad 110, which is an extremely high rye, and you like high rye bourbons. Um, and I typically tend towards the weeded stuff less in the rye stuff. I tried to look up the mash bill and did see some reviews where they talked about how this particular brand doesn't really have a consistent mash bill bottle to bottle or year to year um, because of how they've you know historically changed some things. And so that could contribute to the lack of consistency bottle to bottle. What I would say is, this is fine. I like it. Um, I would enjoy drinking it. I will say that when you're spending the money to buy this nice bottle, um, 
you're probably paying more for the cool looking bottle than you are for the whiskey. You can find better yeah. whiskey at this price point of fifty five to sixty dollars. You can buy a bottle of Blanton's or you can buy a bottle of this. You should buy a bottle of Blanton's instead of buying a bottle of this. So, um, but you can find this more than you can find Blanton's. So anyway, I just want to say that because I, I do often recommend to people like Kevin. You know bourbon. What should I give as a gift? This is always one of the things I tell them only because I'm like, whether they cool love bottle. bourbon or mm-hmm. not, they will display it somewhere in their house because it's a cool looking bottle. It looks just like the the bottle for my dream of genie. Um, and it's it's pretty interesting stuff. So that's what I'm having tonight. It's pretty good. I like it. Um, Hove, what are you sipping on? So uh, I decided to shake things up a little bit and uh, went to the local uh, liquor store, which doesn't have anything special usually um, or ever, or even a great deal. So you kind of just pay the price that you should expect to pay for all of the, the bourbons. But wanted to get a little bit uh, tastier tonight, and I sprung for the Michter's. Ooh. Which is a lovely bourbon. Do you like some Michter's? Uh, it's in Louisville, isn't it? It is. It is in Louisville. Um, it's a pre-Revolutionary War recipe, and it is uh, very small batches. I think they say 24 barrels or less um, that are used in it. And it's it's awesome. It's uh, 95 proof, I believe. 90, 90 proof. And, um, yeah, just a really strong flavor. Um, Their sour mash is delightful. Yeah, I don't know. It's delightful. It's delightful. A um, little caramelly, a little, little dried fruity, and a lot of tasty. Very warming. One of the more... Less less mm. smooth, more warming, and uh, but not in a like a, a bad way. Definitely in a very tasty way. It reminds me of Knob Creek in the sense that it's got a bit of a bite to it um, mm-hmm. because of the rye content. But I think it's quite good. All right, so thank you for the the bourbon. Um, so tonight we are going to have three segments for you. It's going to be this podcast is rank. We're going to bring back um, the sitcoms this time. We're going to do 1980 to 2000. Um, then we're going to go into some listener questions. We put that on, on, on Instagram. And so everyone that responded, uh, we're going to actually going to answer their questions. We actually have some <laughs> listener questions that are legitimate questions from listeners this time. Um, just, and then we're going to go into realized. a game. I just realized yeah. that that's why I had no idea we had listener questions even coming. I get that you said that I was like, fine. I guess we'll do listener questions. I just thought we were making them up because we don't get them ahead of time to prepare. They come, they come to <laughs> Flynn via Instagram and social medias. You can all log into Instagram. You all have the login information for it, That's so you can log in right I, now. I am never on Instagram. You can log in if you want the questions ahead of time. I'm not sending them to you. You guys made me log in, and it was a disaster, and I didn't like it. Yeah. No, I didn't expect you to send them to us. I just had no idea that there were any listener questions. Questions posed. I don't. Then do we're gonna end the night with the game. Okay. Another the, little, the another little head to head game to end the night so so kevin would you like to introduce that this podcast is rank this podcast is rank ew yes i would love to so as flynn alluded to in stealing my opening comments you might recall a couple weeks ago we did the best pod the best podcast the best sitcoms of the 2000s <laughs> we didn't do the best podcast no we didn't that's, that's obviously, not true obviously that's not, true. not. We did the best sitcoms of the 2000s, and we had a uh, one of our largest debates to date um, on that particular topic. And um, tonight we've we've set out to take you know the next. Uh, Hope you you know words. What's the is there a term for two decades together? Is it du- <laughs> duo decade? Um, um, what is it? It's a score. Okay. 
you know words. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if he's right, that's awesome. If he's not, I'm gonna go with it. So, what do, um, why do you so think? Anyway, so we're if, looking at what nine, do you think? What do you think four score in seven years ago is is referencing? The, I don't know. 80, 87 Four quarters ago. of basketball. <laughs> A score is twenty years. Go on, know. go on. What well, Abe Lincoln was tall. He was a tall man. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, second tallest president of all time, beyond, right behind George Washington. Okay, so um, obviously we're, we are without one uh, Jakob Pretty tonight, so we are going to, um, to mix this up a little bit differently. Obviously, in this podcast's rank, we always have our two cards that we have only one of to play. We'll each only have one veto card again tonight, um, and we will also have one challenge card again tonight. Um, the The difference here is because Jacob's not here, we want to make sure that we give enough time to make sure this is a true consensus list of the three of us at least. So each host has the opportunity on one occasion to buy a challenge. They can do this one time, and you can buy a challenge by taking a shot of something. Um, and, you know, as always, I'm prepared with moonshine. Um, Flynn might be as well. I have no idea what Huffcamp's got. Maybe his Bushmills. But you can buy a one additional challenge. You can buy no additional vetoes. Our goal is to set the top 10 sitcoms from 1980 to 2000. To qualify, as we talked about last time, the majority of the seasons have to take place within that timeline. So it doesn't matter if it started in... 1999, it doesn't count if, if the majority of the seasons ran in the 2000s. It has to have run from 1980 to 1999 in 364 days. So that's the most important thing to start with. Um, we're going to do 10. The order is going to be in reverse age order, uh, f- which is awful because that means Flynn's up first. Oh, I go first? Then Camp. I didn't know I was going first. I like that. Yeah, like and, that. Uh, and then me. Um, and then we'll we'll keep moving. We're gonna do the top ten sitcoms of uh, 1980 to 2000. I don't expect this to go well. <laughs> Speaking of age, um, one of uh, Quarantine's friends recently just had her, his 30th birthday, and at the end of the night, I was very much the oldest person there. And I I just gotta ask, Kevin, is that just like always how you feel? I did not love it. <laughs> Uh, it is it is uh, often how I feel around you people. Yes. Um, so I guess because Flynn was only alive for like three years of this whole timeline, no, no, we're gonna um, we're gonna let him go first because he's probably got the least context. And I'd be willing to predict I know exactly what Flynn's putting up as the number one sitcom of this decade as well. So I'd, I'd also gonna, I think we said no animated ones last time, and technically The Simpsons doesn't count, but it definitely feels like it should and deserves a special shout out. Just gonna get that out of the way early. Yeah, let's go ahead and give it a shout out but yeah no no we're not going to do sick era cartoons so um i i want to say this the, the the three scores of sitcoms that we have decided to rank we've already done 2000 to 2020 today we're doing 1980 to, to, to 2000 and then we'll do 1960 to 1980 at some point of the three scores i believe this is the worst of the groups. Ooh, I don't I don't agree. I I actually only have 9 on my list that <laughs> I think are worthy of being ranked. You're stupid. Something tells me that 5 of them aren't even on mine and Kevin's list. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. 
But I'm going to start off, and I, I don't think that this this should be controversial. <laughs> um, I think that Kevin might challenge it because I know what he wants to be number one. But I'm going to go ahead and put forth Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Really? I did one. not think that's what you were going to put number one. I'm. I was. I had no idea which direction you were going to go. I don't know why <laughs> Kevin was so confident. I. I'll just go ahead and say I was. I'll, I would have put money that he was going to say Cheers because of how adamant he was a fan of Cheers in the last time we that talked about this. That is on the list. That is on the list. Okay. Well, I. Um, to be transparent, Fresh Prince is on my list. It's number five. Um, so I'm gonna challenge with Boy Meets World. Oh, you guys are idiots! And so the way this challenge works. It is literally just the uh, the other person gets to decide. Yep. Because <laughs> there's only three of us. Yeah. <laughs> there's I want no flipping of coins of or choosing of numbers here. <laughs> so I hope mean, doesn't I've, agree. I've, I'm well versed in both of these. So I don't think I need 30 seconds. But just in case, give a very quick Kevin why it should be Boy Meets World. Flynn, give me. And then, I mean, like, really quick because I know what the arguments are. It's for the listeners. Uh, Boy Meets World is more Boy Meets World is more iconic. It, this, the characters you fall in love with more, you become more a part of the story. They, you know, I, Mr. Feeney it should be the only thing I have to say at this point in time. Um, Fresh Prince is amazing. I, I will I will not hear a word against it. And it was one of the more groundbreaking sitcoms of all time, um, and it and it deserves its respect and deserves to be on this list. But it it, it is not better than Boy Meets World. Uh, Fresh Prince, uh, it has, I would argue, the best sitcom theme song of all time. Um, uh, Uncle Phil is, is, you know, we didn't do a draft of, or we didn't do a ranking of sitcom dads, but he's, he's at the top of the list. And it was an oversight on my part when I didn't take him, um, as part of my, my family. Yes, it was. Um, Carlton is a great sibling. The Carlton dance is fantastic. Um, you said that Boy Meets World is more iconic. I would argue that Fresh Prince is more iconic um, for our culture. So um, it's it's an overall, you know, wonderful TV show that is still relevant today. Um, the the I have not watched the reunion, but I've heard good things about it. I have watched the reunion, and it 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 made me feel feelings. Um, but I also watched the entirety of Girl Who Meets World, and it also made me feel feelings. So, Got to think those were different feelings we were feeling. Um, but I am going to keep Flynn's answer at number one, Fresh Prince. Um, and I know I'm not going to get this ranked higher. I actually think there is a better sitcom in this decade that treks a young man with a brother and a love interest from like middle school through high school. Nice. I agree with you, Hove Camp. Uh, I'm glad that you agree with me. Fresh Prince is clearly better than than Boy Meets World. That is now a scientific fact, and Hove Camp is up. This is complete nonsense, and I hate both of you. Kevin's out of a challenge. Kevin's out of a challenge. Well, Kevin will. I'm, I would be shocked if Kevin does not present another challenge to himself here soon. Um. But you guys know the, the best show of the 1990s, um, and Kevin's never going to let it stand, and he is wrong, um, because there's a certain level of respect that needs to be ushered to this show that Kevin will not give it. Even if you aren't a fan, you respect it. Um, Seinfeld is the best show of the 1990s. It's the best sitcom of all time. It is 
my own fault that it's not number one until it would be Kevin's fault that it's not even going to be number two. I will challenge with Boy Meets World. Oh, great idea. Great idea. Boy Meets World is number two. I agree with Flynn. Uh, Huffcamp, uh, you're welcome to make arguments for the next 30 seconds or so, or we can just move on. <laughs> nope. Okay. The world, will, the, the, the world will judge this accordingly. I expect to be doing a solo podcast here soon. <laughs> it's okay. No, this next one's either going to get challenged or vetoed as well, but I think Boy Meets World is the best sitcom of the 90s, uh, of the 80s and 90s uh, together. Uh, my number two on my list that I love more than any of the rest of these, including and especially Seinfeld, is MASH. Uh, MASH means a great deal to me. Um, the Kevin, can you check that? I was under the impression MASH was a 70s. I think the majority of the seasons took place in the 1980s. 72 to 83. Get out of town. Interesting. Yeah, it's the 70s. Get out of here. I don't, uh, okay, my mistake. All right, so um, Kevin Kevin cannot. Kevin loses his number three choice. So, Flynn, <laughs> we're back to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, ignoring you completely, I'll move to what I had listed as number three, which is Growing Pains. Growing Pains is, is what I think we should put on for number three. Growing Pains is phenomenal. Lord. Leonardo DiCaprio's first ever breakout role. Kirk Cameron, Alan Thicke. I mean, the the show was incredible. Not even, not even. It's it's fine. It cool. Thanks for Leo Seinfeld. <laughs> Good lord, Flynn, make your. Are decision. you challenging? Are oh, you challenging yeah. with Seinfeld? I'm gonna challenge with Seinfeld. Man, okay. Because um, uh, Growing Pains is not. It should not be strong enough for you to disrespect Seinfeld over it. Neither of these shows are on my list <laughs> so so make so let's just make i'm gonna this go with the one that i've seen episodes of and it's growing pains nice how have you not even seen seinfeld <laughs> i've never the seen a single episode of seinfeld is insane this is why i did not want to do this one <laughs> uh this is so fun uh okay so i'm up again um all right i'll put cheers i'll put cheers that was the only show that I would have that I think could be well argued to be over Seinfeld. You would it is wrong that it is over Seinfeld, but it could it's, be well it's argued. A, it's so a fantastic it show. It's a fantastic show. I'll allow it to be um, and I think it I think it paved the way for How I Met Your Mother, um, to 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 be kind of the the bar scene and the bar culture. So yeah, cheers. Cool. Uh, waste your stuff again at Seinfeld. I. Here's where I'm Show struggling. it some damn respect. Show it some respect. I, that show is legendary in every circle, but you're all's idiot minds. So here's what I'll say. I'm struggling with how far down on this list we can, we can get Seinfeld to go because I, I care as much about maintaining the integrity of the show as I do about making Huffcamp mad. So I want to <laughs> veto just so it moves further down. But I think it's fair to say that... You know, because I'm obviously the rational one of this group, I I will not do anything against Seinfeld in this particular situation because it is a top five show of this, you know, would you call it two decades is a... 20 years is a, a score. score. It's a, a score. score. A score. A score. Of this score, I think I can live with giving Seinfeld... So what's the number? A five, yeah. Number five. This would be five. Veto. It also it also threatens the 
and when when I got stuck on Grandma's Boy, I felt I had no stake in the Adam Sandler rankings of anything. And that one, a little bit more understandable. This one, I'd like to have input on other shows as opposed to just being forced to make you guys include the greatest sitcom of all time. I already yeah, vetoed I, it. So yeah, he, he vetoed it, so it's not going to be five. But I will say this. I, I do think your take with Seinfeld is more on point than the take with Grandma's Boy in the sense that it, um, it's, yeah, you did sure. not have consensus <laughs> sure. for the three of us that Grandma's Boy <laughs> needed to be there at all. Sure, sure, um, sure. So, okay. Yeah, for sure. That was, that was fun for me. Uh, this is humiliating for you two. Um, <laughs> the next on my list is Golden Girls. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. I mean, I can't do anything to get Seinfeld at five, and Golden Girls was actually number three on my list behind Seinfeld and Cheers. I'm, I'm not going to take a shot to get rid of Golden Girls, so that's fine. I'm out of, I'm out of my, my checks and balances. Now I'm back up. The top five shows of this score are Fresh Prince, Boy Meets World, Growing Pains, Cheers, and Golden Girls. All right. Oh, um, my God. This is already a freaking nightmare. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you all... Um, I, guess, I guess two. I guess my two, three, four, and five technically are on the list, but good Lord. So I'll, I'll, I'll submit this because this is on the cusp of being... There were five years... In the 70s and five years in the 80s. So it's like there, it ran for 10 years. It, it could go either way. All out. Okay. The Jeffersons. That definitely feels more 70s to me. I'm not going to lie. It might not be, but it feels more 70s to me. It was I'm 1975 to 1985. So I guess that's six years in the 80s. So, yeah, that's technically. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's a it's rankability on this list. I think I'm fine with. It just doesn't feel like it should be on this list. It feels like it should be in the other list. Um, I'm vetoing it anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Okay, but fine. Um, anyway, Seinfeld at six. Okay, I would only be hurting myself if I were to take a shot to challenge, um, and I, I don't have enough strong sitcoms to challenge it with. So I'm gonna let it slide. I did my job. Kept Seinfeld out, out of the top five. You did not. Your job was to maybe put Cheers at number one. And then I'll, Seinfeld I'll, I'll veto. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> oh, kidding. man, I was, I was big. Oh, was you kidding. should. You should. <laughs> just, you saw his face. I want everyone to hear his I face. I know. I know. But I... Um, <laughs> no, I... You know, the... I'll give you a count. because We got two not more segments, say, and I would be anything. immediately taking a shot. So here's what I'll just say. Here's what's true. On my list, number 10 is Alf. And I don't think I'm getting Alf past any of y'all. So I'm okay saying Seinfeld should be on this list and Alf probably shouldn't because that's probably just true. So I'll just put that out there. So Seinfeld's number six. Okay. 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 My six and seven are difficult. (laughs) I I think we're already about to do this list without putting friends on it. So we really probably should definitely we are definitely about to not Man, if we, got, if we got out of tonight without Friends or Seinfeld on this list, I was going to be so happy. <laughs> well, we're, I don't think we're worried about Friends not making this list. <laughs> yeah, it's not making the list. I mean, we just had to keep Seinfeld out. I would have, I would have taken, yeah. I would have taken the pretty strike to the Central Time Zone. We've got a dishonorable mentions group that includes Roseanne and The Cosby Show and Friends <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons. For different reasons. Anyway, uh, what do you got for seven? Um, okay, number seven is Saved by the Bell. 
at this point, my list is just, I feel so whatever about most of the shows. And I don't feel like taking a shot for Saved by the Bell. That's that's see, that's the thing. That's the thing about this this group of sitcoms. We were so passionate about the end of the list um, for the last time. And I'm going to be more passionate for the end of the list the next time we do this with the 60s, 80s. This I'm like, now we're just into the the muck of it was all right. It was good enough to reboot and um, which everyone knows I hate. And it also um, only existed for a very few number of seasons in, in actuality. Because if you're not talking about the college years and some of these other pieces that expanded into different series, it 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 really was only on for like three years. Yeah, it's, it's hard to... They didn't start them young enough. I mean, they started them in high school, which means then they graduate high school in four years. Yeah. It's a similar issue if you don't introduce new characters that Friday Night Lights ran into. Yeah. Um, Flynn, you know. And if you're not going to do anything, though, I think that's going to be our number seven, six, yep. seven, seven. You know, he didn't end up being the best guy in the world, but, you know, Dustin Diamond did pass during 2020. So, you know, I think it's I think we show him some a little bit of respect in that sense as well. That's fair. OK, so I'm number eight. Are we out of shows that you've seen now, Flynn? And I think. Think, uh, Have you seen any of the shows that you are putting up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. I have seen. Well, I no, have no, seen that you're about to put up. I should say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he, he was a Nick at Night kid. He's explained. I that was before. a Nick at Night kid for sure. Yeah. And so I'm. Yeah, I'm but Nick at Night when I was a kid was like two, I love Lucy. Was was a decade. Yeah, that's gonna be this. next time. That's yeah, gonna be next yeah, time. Yeah. This. Okay. Um, I. Man. I'm like, all of them are about the same to me. I guess I'll put forth married with children. Yep. Yep. Good. It, it's fine. You know, it's 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 not humor that I, I love, but I mean, it's it's a fine show. I, I enjoyed watching it, you know, I'm going to take a shot. OK, let's hear it. <laughs> So this is. Uh, I hope homemade. that you challenge with one of the ones I was thinking of because I was thinking of like five different ones. So me too. You know, I might I might change I just, if if you married make with a, children's on my list, uh, but that means that I'm probably not. So this is homemade 116 proof moonshine. Um, nice. And here we go. So hope camp. Uh, quick update for you. Kevin is driving oh. the both of us to Chicago tomorrow morning. So yeah, uh, let's get him wasted. That's Evan. That's Evan. Oh yeah. Where was this uh, talk when you guys were gaining up on me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I like I like you know lots of these shows, and there's one that I even like more than this one. But this is one I think I can get on this list because it needs to be here. Huffcamp, I just want you to think about the fact that in the '90s, our experience, there are so many things that happen that we still talk about this show. And when I went to um, is another one they rebooted because there was enough people saying, please, please, please reboot it. When I went to San Francisco a couple years ago, I had to go and stand in front of this house. Um, so I'm putting up Full House against Married with Children. Flynn, I know, doesn't have a very strong opinion on Married with Children. Um, this The list I had was basically Seinfeld, Cheers, Golden Girls, and then 4 through 12 was just other shows I could argue in a moment. Um and I do have Full House higher than Married with Children. I think I do agree with Kevin, the nostalgia, the way it feel, feels. I would rather – I have more fond memories of Full House than I do with Married with Children, probably because I was a child in the 90s and not an adult. So I'm fine. I'll, I'll give it to Kevin. Full House. 
I think most people will agree that Full House should be above Married with Children that are at, at least of the people listening to this podcast. I think, I think Full House is overly wholesome, but I also think it was quality. agreed and I didn't ever enjoy it as a kid. And so I, I would I would. So as a kid growing up, like Full House was coming out when for, like live as a kid <laughs> and I would rather go watch Married with Children on like FX or something like that. So I was just a weird, weird kid like that. I think it was I would I would always watch Step by Step, which I don't think belongs on this list, but I weirdly liked it more than Full House until I watched way more Full House. It's like yeah. on the reruns. Right. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go I'm I'm gonna jump in here, I guess, with number nine then, right? Mm-hmm. And I alluded this to this mostly to try to get a rise out of Kevin, but I also have no problem with where Boy Meets World being ahead of it. But The Wonder Years is a phenomenal show and tells a similar uh, story as far as the Corey Matthews, um, Kevin Arnold comparison. You could you could find easy comparisons. Older brother, love interest, forever, neighborhood kids, best friend, all that stuff. But The Wonder Years is a little bit more serious in the tone that it takes most of the time, uh, a little bit more real, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, Winnie, Winnie was, you know, the Topanga character in that show, and, and it worked well. Mm-hmm. And um, frankly... Uh, Wonder Years is number eight on my list, and so putting it at nine works out great. I think it's phenomenal. I don't think it's better than Boy Meets World. I, I struggle with the fact that, you know, the main character and both uh, – the main protagonist male character of both are both br- <laughs> are brothers with each other. Um, uh, better way to phrase that is they're both savage. Right, yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um, Ben Savage is, is – um, Boy Meets World and Fred Savage was the Wonder Years. Fred Savage is in an, a series of episodes in Boy Meets World when they're in college and tries That's to hit right. on Topanga That's, and then tries so to get weird. her thrown out of school when she accuses him of sexual um, misconduct. And it's this really weird situation where you're like, "That's Kevin. That's Kevin from from Wonder Years, and and that's his brother." And and you know, but um. <laughs> but I think Fred Savage actually wrote those episodes uh, because he got so invested in the work that his brother was doing. And towards the end, Ben Savage was actually and and uh, Ryder Strong were actually writing several episodes of Boy Meets World. So um, those are some trivia facts about both those shows. But I agree, Wonder Years needs to be there. Flynn, if you do something about it, I'll fight you. And he won't be alone. I've never seen the Wonder Years, so that's a that's a show I've not seen. So I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't feel strongly either way. So what's number ten? Everybody loves Raymond. I don't. I don't expect it to stay. But everybody loves Raymond means so much to me as the son of an Italian family. Um, you know, my father's Irish, obviously, and all those things with Reynolds, and you know, but my mother being a Vigorito and and being so close friends with Italian, you know, American families, and I, it's just so much of it hits home that Marie Barone and and who she is and how perfect the characters in that whole show were. Um, this is a perfect example of a stand-up comedian uh, creating a television show about his life and it being really consistently funny all the time. It's like the only one I can think about from this time frame that was really consistently funny um, and not placating someone's, uh, you know, half-assed jokes. So I, I think Everybody Loves Raymond needs to be there on this list. It's it's so good. Hope Camp, I will take a shot if you if you if you guarantee me I will win. <laughs> he can't do that. He has he's a man I, of integrity. I I am I, I am speaking straight to Hove Camp. 
I don't care. I will. I will mute I will, you. I'm the host tonight on this. I can. I can tell here. you what I'm. I can. I can tell you, you what I'm challenging with. So you you can you can decide, and then if you decide me, I'll take a shot. That's not how this works. You, if you want to play your challenge card, you have to take the shot, and then you play the challenge card. We set I'm up li- these rules. I'm, I'm listening to Hove Camp's answer. It doesn't matter. I will. I will tell you. I will tell you this. On the hodgepodge list that I put together, everybody loves Raymond was on there at number twelve. You may now. I don't think you'll have the one that I want to challenge up <laughs> higher I, this than that. Whole thing is inappropriate. Flynn should have to take a shot for having this conversation. Kevin, Kevin, I Kevin, agree. But Kevin, here we are. I know we always talk about talking across the table with Euchre. This is exactly that. It's not cheating. It it's is cheating. frowned upon. It's frowned. Table upon. talk is cheating in Euchre. It is not just cheating. So you know. It's frowned upon. No, it's cheating. Yeah, definitely cheating. Anyway, Flynn. I'm not going to challenge because I don't think you have Will and Grace uh, above everybody oh loves Raymond. So. Smart man. <laughs> All right, so somebody <laughs> recap this list um, because it's not going to be me because it's going to show. There's going to be a lot of disdain coming uh, if I recap okay. it. Number one, also, I didn't Fresh write it Prince. Two, Boy Meets World. Three, Growing Pains. Four, Cheers. Five, Golden Girls. Six, Seinfeld. Seven, Saved by the Bell. Eight full house, nine. Everybody loves Raymond. You are giving us the last no, number. Nine 10. is nine is Wonder Years. Ten is Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, I'm excuse yep. me. You're right. Uh, I got distracted. Yeah, we're we're done. Yep, yep, we're done. All right, nice job, everyone. That is a nice job. All right, so nice top ten list. Uh, uh, honorable mentions from you all. I have, you know, obviously I have uh, Will and Grace. I have. Um, Three's Company as as one. It feels more seventies, but it was it was actually four years in the eighties, three years in the seventies. So mm. technically on this list, it feels though uh, like it shouldn't be on this list. But it was a good one. Classic, classic Flint picking seventies sitcoms for this list. Kevin, what are, do you have any? Uh... Yeah, I had um, I had a couple that were interesting. Home Improvement feels like one that that was a quintessential nineties yeah, uh, yeah. show that. Could have been there, but really doesn't deserve to be there. It just you have some moments and it has some character moments that you love. You know, Wilson you and Al Borland. You know, they they made their way into modern society. I actually rewatched um, Dinosaurs. Uh, it's on Disney Plus right now. You can rewatch Dinosaurs. Uh, so I've I did that as an adult. Doesn't and that it was count like, as animated? This is less cool than it was when I was a kid. But um, and then Hanging with Mr. Coop uh, was one that I. Um, was one that I had a special has a special place in my heart, along with, as I mentioned before, Alf, um, which was was groundbreaking in a lot of ways, but not in the ways that actually mattered to to put it above some of the others on the list. So that's fair. Um, one that I had, people really love Frasier. I don't get it. I don't get but it. But it either. makes me feel like I'm missing something. I think it's fine. So I just wanted people to know that that, that was intentional, that, that I do know that Frasier is well-respected, and I don't care. It's out there. Um, I actually do think Friends should have been on our list. I know I would have never gotten it on there, and I actually don't care about it as a sitcom enough, but I do think it's it's we disrespected it a little bit by not putting it on the list. Um, I'm also kind of fine with that. We, we intentionally disrespected it. And that's what, yeah. that's why I'm proud of us is, yeah. sure. you know, we, sure. I'll, I'll say I went on vacation a couple weeks ago and the place we were staying didn't have, um, like a lot of digital cable options. And so you kind of had to watch what was on 
And in the evenings, what was on was Friends, and it was yes. that or, like, the Weather Channel. Yes. And so we watched Friends, and I laughed a couple times. I mean, I'm not saying Friends doesn't deserve some love, but it is overrated. And because it is so overrated, I feel like it is our mission to, you know, part of our mission to civilize that we will so, <laughs> so underrate it that it balances out the overrating of the yep. majority of American public. That's our goal. And Proud I think we accomplished that by leaving it off our list tonight. Proud of us. Yeah. So, yeah. nicely done. Nicely done. Um, that takes us into listener questions. Listener questions. I think questions. that... That last time I did a weird drop, and we might use that again. Oh yeah, we have um, to. Yeah, where I where I very unconfidently said listener question, and, and, and yeah, so we'll we'll definitely use that again. But listener question. So I, I put it out on the Instagrams. Um, you know, what are some questions that you want us to answer? Um, so here are a couple that came back. We also got one um, suggestion for a new ranking. So. We'll do that in the future. That's our most popular segment for some reason, um, even though it makes us the most angry. Uh, maybe that's <laughs> yeah. the reason. Yeah. Um, okay. So first question, what is your top yard game? Oof. So I I think Can Jam is our is. Can Jam I'm just going to say one. I think is our favorite because we as a group – we turned Can Jam into a game called Chip Jam, where you play Can Jam, but you chip wiffle ball golf balls with wedges into and, and at the different cans. And that game is fun, but that game doesn't exist unless Can Jam exists. So now versions of that chip game exist with, like, cornhole boards and stuff. We've seen those other places. But in terms of using Can Jam cans, you can't do that. I love Chip Jam. Can Jam is great. It, our group of friends loves Ultimate Frisbee, played Ultimate Frisbee, um, and so this gives us a way to, to to utilize those Frisbee skills in a way that you can do as a yard game. But, yeah, I'm just going to say that. Can Jam is my favorite. Can Jam is great. Um, Can Jam, for all of you that have never played Can Jam, is you throw a Frisbee, you're, you're on teams, and you're trying to make it into this trash can looking thing and your teammate can assist in hitting it into the trash can. Um, there's a slit in the front. And if you get the, yeah. the Frisbee through the slit in the front, which is difficult to do, then there it's is. game. And, and Huffcamp and I, we played against folks a couple weeks ago on 4th of July and we were losing in both games. And we were just like, Oh, I'm sorry. Are we about to lose? And we both did walk off, you know, uh, Frisbee slits into the slot and just, we are Kevin, Kevin and I are both, very accurate frisbee throwers by comparison, and also lackadaisical slammers. So we often don't get as many points, and then we'll just slit it at the end of the game and call yep. it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're very, quite good. Quite good. Like Yuka, we are undefeated. Okay. Flynn, what do you have to say? Okay. One. I have defeated the two of you and Yuka. Never so lost. So Never lost. Just like countless times that I have beat. I, I think I've beat you more than I've lost to you both in Euchre. It, it's um, impossible because we've never lost. Not together. Maybe individually, my, so but definitely not together. Honorable mention to Koob, mm. which is a newer game that we've been playing. It takes a while. Um, it's it's it, you're, you're throwing pieces of wood to try to hit other it's called pieces Viking of chess. wood. It's not anything like chess, and it takes forever. Yeah, it, yeah, it but, is, but it takes a fun. long time, but, but it's a but fun game. It is, and I'm good it's, at it. it's incredibly inclusive because you can have as many people on each team as yeah. you want. And that's yeah. different than some of the – and 
you don't have to be good at other things. Like, like you know, yeah. some of the wives in our group and you know, will join us for that. Well, they won't join us for other things because they're not good yeah. at Frisbee. You're good at chipping. You're good at whatever. So I think it's a great honorable but, mention. You know, my favorite game is one that we play in my backyard. My backyard has a giant concrete pad that we turn into Foursquare. Mm. It's a giant game of Foursquare. Um, and we I think one night we played it for like four straight hours. I mean, we were all dripping sweat in the summer. I mean, it was it was a fun time. So, you know, when I think of yard game, I think of my yard and I think of Foursquare. We are very mean to each other when we play Foursquare. Oh, think 100%. about grown adults taking it as serious as you can, trying to hurt each other's feelings. That's yeah. what it's like watching us. Sweating and dirt everywhere. Yeah. All, I'm, all I'm imagining is literally the same as middle schoolers playing it, just your brains are more developed, so you're even more cruel. But we're drunk. <laughs> drunk middle schoolers. That's that's what yeah. we are. I do think, don't we have a rule you have to have a beer in your hand at all times while playing? Yeah. Yeah, you can't. you can't have two hands so you're right. only it's have a one yard hand. game kevin that's implied well that's yeah. a yard that's a yard game rule that our group of friends employs but it might not be true for every group of friends out there so just yeah. know and and the reason i'm not choosing these, that's something we talk about what's that new game slam ball or or, or something um that yeah, you literally much. cannot play that with a beer in your hand oh hand, hand handball right isn't that no, no no handball handball slam ball you actually play with the beer underneath the thing and you have to finish it essentially in between points you have to yeah. you cannot win the game if the beer is not finished yeah we ought um, to get it we yeah. ought to get a set of that though because that looks yeah, fun it's fine that's fair i just got pickleball and i'm, I'm excited to play pickleball never played it before I, i'm Lauren excited to learn pickleball me. too but you, yeah. you are the only person under the age of 75 that i know that is excited to play pickleball and i'm excited <laughs> to play pickleball with you let's do it let's do it you're 70 as the as an over 75 is an age appropriate game for kevin sure. um my favorite is uh probably Beersby, I think mm. it combines skill and frisbee enough. I think cornhole is, is a classic that I do love, but I don't know. I, I think Beersby is, is a delightful experience um, where you got the can on the. Uh, I the I'm just gonna say I agree that if Beersby and cornhole are both available to me, I will never choose cornhole. Yeah, and for everyone listening at home, Beersby is you put an empty beer can on a pole and then you try to hit it off the pole with a frisbee. It's it's very dumb, and you have but to try to catch it, and you have to also catch the frisbee, and that's the best part is like some you win the game because your idiot teammate just dropped a, a errant frisbee throw that went right towards him, and that's hilarious. That's a hilarious time. Yeah, that's yeah. another game where Huffcamp and I are great, and if we're not winning, we tend to just rocket the frisbee at the other team because no, if they no, don't catch the Kevin frisbee, tends to. You all did that, and it was like dark outside. When yeah, I was playing. No, we're trying you to did that, Flynn. Great. You literally yeah. said, "I'll just throw this as hard as I can, and I don't care what happens." I was trying to hit the pole. <laughs> Kevin is equally as idiotic as you, and and you guys are just throwing <laughs> rockets back and forth at each other, and like me and Pretty are just <laughs> yeah. trying our we're best just to play the like real game, crow hopping and throwing this frisbee at each oh other. Oh my god! <laughs> all right, so you can play. Surely they didn't ask this question for us to spend forever reminiscing on okay. crappy yard game stories sure. that no one cares about. So sure. what, what else What else is the Graham coming up with? All right, so another question. What is your favorite fake holiday? Eddie Shore Day. I, I struggle with fake. Like, what's a fake holiday? Eddie, Eddie Shore Day is by far the best fake holiday. Eddie Shore Day, but yeah, not, that's fair. That's but fair. we made that a real holiday. Um, oh, yeah, so really right. So it's not fake anymore. So I'm con- I'm confused about what a fake holiday is. Like, In that is case, like, this is like so painfully day. obvious. 
Well, no. yeah, Sweetest no. Day is the not best. Sense. Yeah, that's okay, a fake yeah, holiday. Maybe this is. So, what's your favorite one of those stupid fake Festivus. holidays? It's a Festivus <laughs> for the rest of us. No. This is controversial to the people who live in Louisville, um, or it might be celebratory to the people who live. In, but I think Thurby is one that I, um, if I ever move to Louisville again, that'll be something that I take really, really seriously. So. Derby is always the first Saturday in May. The day before Derby is always a Friday, obviously, and that's always the Kentucky Oaks race. And Oaks used to be the day that Louisville natives would go to the racetrack because once it's Derby, it's hard to get in because if you're not doing an infield pass, which is a little bit crazy, then it's like you're spending exorbitant amounts of money to, to get to watch horse racing that you could, you know, see other places. So, so... So that was the case for a number of years. And then what happened is as, as Derby celebrities started showing up and all these things, Derby became more of a, um, even more of a difficult event for the Louisville native to go to and even less enjoyable because it's different than the, daily, the regular experience. And that same thing moved to Oaks. And so people come in town for the Friday and Saturday. So Louisville folks, being the, the, you know, the best Kentucky, Kentuckians we are, said, you know, Let's all start going on the Thursday of Derby weekend, and we'll leave Oaks and Derby to the out-of-towners, and this will be the locals' day. And so Thurby has become the locals' day at the races. If you want to see your friends, if you want to go to the race and have a great day, Thurby's become that, and I think it's pretty cool. It's definitely a fake holiday, but in the state of Kentucky, um, you know, Derby's the thing we take the most serious. So I, I would I'll say this, Thurby. though. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're talking about national... Derby is a fake holiday if you're talking about the nationwide because or, or world. Um, Watch yourself, Maysville. Yeah, I, I, I really no, think I agree. you want to try. No, I, I have no. I have <laughs> celebrated Derby my entire life, uh, but Lauren and I went on our our honeymoon to to Barbados, and it was during the Derby, uh, and so we said, you know, we'd like to turn on the Kentucky Derby, and they were like, "What's that?" You're like, "Do you get NBC?" I just was like, "Well, it's a horse race." And they're like, why do you want to watch horse racing? Like, as if it were a foreign I, I got, I got a... Um, For the record, you could have gone at Thanksgiving and said, turn on the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and they would have said, what's that, too? So, right. That's I mean, fair. That's fair. But, like, people just don't understand outside, I think, of our state that it's not a holiday. No, that that's totally fair. I'll, I'll say that when I live... I've lived in... Um, I've lived recently in the last, you know, decade. I've lived in Illinois, yeah. and they I've lived treat, in... They treat Derby like you all treat Seinfeld, and it is a <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but I've lived in Illinois, and I've lived in Tennessee, and in both those states while I was there, schools I've worked at have taken events like commencement and put them over Derby weekend. And in every one of those cases, I've raised my hand and been like, are you sure you should do this over something that's a national holiday? And they're like, that's not a national holiday. And I'm like, whoa, man, this only tells me I need to move back to Kentucky because mm -hmm. Derby really should mm -hmm. be um, a national holiday. Mm -hmm. It's the best two minutes in sports. It's the it's definitely um, something that everyone should celebrate every year and get on board. Um, and, you know, so I don't think Derby's a fake holiday, though, especially not in the state that we live in, which is the only one that really matters at this point. And so I'm just I'm just happy to say that that my submission of Thurby stands. Um, before we move on, I do have something to say. 
Um, I didn't want to drink too much Michter's tonight, so I, I poured some of the rest of the Makers that's that's over here, and a piece of wax has fallen into the bourbon. <laughs> you gonna finger it? And I've got to finger the bourbon to get it out, and I just <laughs> feel like I should I should tell Kevin that I'm sorry. I gave him a hard time. And I'm about to do the same thing, and, and it's going to look real stupid. you just your greasy nose to, to do it, too. Yep. Uh, well, that's yep. to get the foam down. I'm not going to spend near enough as much time because it's not a difficult thing to do, but I do think it should be pointed out that I did have to get some wax out of my bourbon. Okay. I would also like to point out that um, taking this anti-Willet take a step further, I took a Flynn Ashley recommendation on a prior episode you recall I had Old Granddad 114, and then a couple episodes later he said, I love Old Granddad Bonded, um, the 100-proof bottled and bond Old Granddad. And I put him to the test and said, you know, okay, so bottled and bond Evan Williams, which is 3 or $4 cheaper. Is it better? Price for value, all that stuff. And he said he loves Old Granddad Bonded. So I didn't want to go too far into this Willet bottle because once you drink too much of it, you really can't display it because it doesn't look as great. So I opened a bottle I purchased of Old Granddad Bonded because Flynn said it was good. And I I think I'm willing to say these are as good as one another. Um, Old Granddad Bonded might be as good as Willet Pot still. They're both incredibly high rye mash bills that, and I'm sipping this neat, that seem to open up similarly. So... You're talking a $23, $25 swing on Old Granddad Bonded versus Willet Potstill. Old Granddad Bonded bottle is nothing to write home about. Potstill is gorgeous. But but if you're going to put this in a decanter or something. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. Uh, I, I think Flynn might have be onto something. He might be onto something. You also just drank like two glasses of Willet. Probably still have a little bit of Willet lingering in your mouth, and it might be a complimentary bourbon. Sure, and I had I had a whole shot of 116 proof moonshine. So yeah, th- all these things could that. be doing things together. But I do have a palate cleansing water here that I've been trying to do. And I'm just saying, I'll say this: you know, it's good. Uh, old Granddad Bonded will give you quite a headache in the morning if you drink too much of it. Uh, whereas oh, so nicer like bourbon. bourbons may not. So, so <laughs> the, the flavors there, um, I will, I will 100% always have a bottle of this. I, I, I that's true for you. Those of you that can't see the zoom, which is all of you listening right now. That's not the three of us. Um, I am holding up my <laughs> bottle of old granddad bottled in bond because that's, that's what I plan to switch to after this bad Tom Smith. I love that you think they put in a little extra hangover into the bottle. Like that's the yeah, biggest well, difference it's, for you. It's, it's all like, about well, the old granddad had some hangover. It, it's all about the tails. So so you know the the they they when it comes off the still the, they 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 throw out the heads and they keep the hearts and then for really really nice liquors they they throw out the tails too. But for twenty dollar bottles of bourbon they keep the tails in there and that's what gives you yeah. Yeah. higher headache. So. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next question. Uh, I think that's that. I think that's bourbon trail nonsense, it, but fine. It, it, it is suspect. Last question before we move on to the game. Okay. Um, and I think this is a good a good one. Um, so tell me something that you've noticed about your parents that now that you're older, it just makes you say, "Really?" <laughs> and I can go first because I, I knew this question was coming. And so, so you know, growing up, I never realized that. 
there's so much food in our basement in the basement freezer that shouldn't be there. Like Lauren and I went to Maysville and it was just a couple of years ago. It was maybe 2018, 2019, something like that. And uh, they were like, yeah, there's ice cream in the freezer. I went down there, got the ice cream out of the freezer. Expired in 2004. Like when I was in middle school, this ice cream expired and they still had it. And then my dad was like, it's still good. And then for dinner the next night, we had salad. And so he put out a bottle of ranch that was open in the fridge upstairs. So like the main refrigerator. And it had expired in 2009, a bottle of ranch. And he's like, it's still good. No, it's not. Like, how are they still alive? How am I still alive? How did I survive? I don't know. And I make fun of them about this. I cleaned their fridge out last time I was in Maysville because it made me insane how much stuff was expired. And I just I just threw it all away. I was like, I cannot deal with this anymore. This is really tough. I I don't want to come at Brian and Kathy, you know, I don't want to come at them wrong tonight. And I was not prepared for this question. So let me just Wait, say we all love our parents. We all love our parents. I know, so let's I say know, that right now. I know. I yeah, and I, I had a I have one. My parent my mom listens, and so she knows that that I will I will talk crap about that, but she knows yep. I love her. Um I'm not sure if it, any of either of your parents listen. Absolutely uh, or not. not. <laughs> I have downplayed this podcast with my family as much as possible. Kristen's mom listens and Kristen's um uh, uh, brother's girlfriend Hannah, who um, at some point I'm sure will be listener of the week because she gives us things to talk about. Um, but I, so I'm not coming for Brian and Kathy in this situation. I just want to say that I love you, mom and dad. If you ever listen to this, I love y'all. <laughs> um, I believe Kathy was our first ever listener of the week. She was, yeah. she was, yeah. and, and that was a lie. <laughs> that was a lie because uh, she never listened. Um, and I thank God for that. So, okay. I didn't go to Disney World until I was 25. Um, I was at a conference in Orlando, and people I was with said, can we stay an extra day and go to Disney World? And I went and walked around, and the magic worked for me for about 35 seconds. And I was like, this is so cool. And then I was like, oh, my God, this sucks. Uh, can we get out of here to a place that serves alcohol? And... I've been back uh, a couple times since, most recently with my wife, uh, while she was five, maybe three or four, three or four, five months pregnant with our son. And, you know, and she threw up in almost every trash can in Magic Kingdom from morning sickness, and yet I had a worse time than she did because I can't stand Disney World. <laughs> I okay, I just want to. I'm just trying to set the scene a little bit here. Okay, I just think it's it's like six hundred dollars to walk into this place to stand online for nine hours a day in the heat and spend twenty five dollars for a bottle of water. And everyone's excited to meet these celebrities, except they're not real celebrities; they're just teenagers dressed as Disney characters who you have to take pictures with. It's just I I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, You're right. You could never be Peter Pan at Disney World. When I was a kid, here's where I'm going with this. When I was a kid, I was always like, why can't we go to Disney World? Everybody in my class has been to Disney World. Everybody's been to these cool places. 
And now I think, like, if I was, you know, if, if I was born in the last three years and my parents were who they are and I was like, can we go to Disney World? I love Star Wars. I can go inside the Millennium Falcon. Can we please go to Disney World? My parents would have were always like, no, we're not going. You're never going. We're not interested in that nonsense at all. And I get why, because now I look, now I'm me, and I'm like, okay, I'm their son. I can understand if this is how I'm approaching this, I definitely know how they probably were. This is expensive. It's not a real experience. It's crazy. It's blah, 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 blah. But there are Disney fanatics who love this stuff, right? And I would listen to them, and I'd be like, why can't I do this? So I would write up proposals to my parents about why Disney World could be an educational experience. Like when they, like I was a kid when they made Animal Kingdom happen and we watched them paint and create the tree of life or the whatever and i was like we can go see this and we'll learn it's basically a zoo and they're like we have a zoo membership to the louisville zoo why do we need to go there spend all this money when we can go here it's the same zoo it's the same animals that was their opinion and i could never understand it here's what i'll say you just heard me talk about how much i hate this but i have a i have a kid who's essentially 20 months old and when I come home from work after a long day and he looks at me and says, Mickey Mouse, because he wants to watch the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on Disney Plus. And then I turn it on and he and he says, oh, toodles or all this stuff like I freaking melt. <laughs> and the the idea in my head of not not a bunch of times, like not an every year thing, but one time and, and for me. Uh, mother-in-law Sherry and wife Kristen hear me say for me one time I will probably (laughs) take Sam with you to Disney World because the idea of watching him get wide-eyed walking up to the in his mind Mickey Mouse in person I'd pay a thousand dollars today to give him that much joy and I just you know Brian and Kathy just how dare you (laughs) you know what what was it about me that you didn't want me to have that much joy was I not good enough because um, here's the real test is I want to ask them if they would be willing to take Sam their grandson to Disney World because I think <laughs> they would say yes because he can do no wrong and he gets whatever he wants in, in you know grandpa and and you know Nana's eyes I mean in their defense Kevin you did a lot of wrong yeah sure <laughs> sure but that's that's the that's the only thing that kind of came to mind is is I just can't imagine I can imagine telling Sam no for a lot of things he'll want to do in his life that could hurt him or be dangerous or he'll want to do that I know better. But Disney World really isn't one of those things. I the joy he experiences with Mickey Mouse, I I think I'd probably I think I'd probably go to the moon to give him that. So, I'm just saying that, but I love y'all. I believe uh, Nate Bargatze has a little has a little riff on taking a very young child to Disney World, um, which I won't repeat here because it's stupid to repeat comedians' jokes. They're no nowhere near as funny. Um, but go watch Nate Bargatze. I I think my biggest uh, huh thing is, um, and I'm trying to choose the one that just in case my mom's like, I'll listen to an episode and chooses number twenty five. Um. That 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 I don't want to offend anyone. You know, um, these are my parents, and I absolutely love them. I've hosted Disney Movie Marathon for a decade now, and I've owned a home for like two of those. So we hosted it in Louisville at my parents' house this whole time, 
And I think it was my mom's favorite day of the year more than it was mine because <laughs> she got to like meet and talk to my friends and she would like bring her corgi downstairs and be like, oh, look, the dog's down here and you guys are petting. Anyway, I'm going to sit down and talk about bird. And oh, look, we're talking about I'm talking to Andrew's friends and it's great. And and it makes me it, looking back, it, it, it makes me go, huh? Because she just wants to talk to my friends more than she ever wants to talk to me. I don't maybe it's because I don't talk to her enough. I don't know what the deal is. My dad is just like, Mary, don't you don't what are you going down there for? You know they're just drunk idiots watching Cinderella right now. No, she's not even a top ten Disney princess. We, we um, rarely watch and, Cinderella. Just bring it up. We, I, we rarely, also, rarely, rarely watch Cinderella. Also, I, I have snuck up upstairs and just watched silently with your dad UK basketball before. Yeah, yeah. Like instead of <laughs> instead of Disney movies, I was yep. like, I'm gonna watch yep. UK with with Mr. Huff yep. Camp. And uh, and he had a great time with you and you guys said yep. minimal words. Yep. And we other people have like gone upstairs. Great. Very few words. And I'll be like <laughs> it'll be like, what happened to Lauren? I thought she was just going upstairs to grab one of her drinks. And it's it's that my mom just was like, oh hey, which one are you? You're uh who's so and so and she just she starts talking, and we realize, and I realized then, and what I've continued to realize, she has two sisters. Um, one we deem the cool sister, one we deem sort of the, the wacky aunt. I love both of them as well, but she wishes she was the cool sister, but she's definitely the wacky aunt. And I think that's what makes me go, huh. huh. Okay. Lovely, lovely huh. person. She's amazing. But all three of my aunts are amazing. Um uh, my Thanks for those is, questions. Is those were good so. questions. Those were making me those think questions. questions. And I think I yeah. said the only thing that could offend a parent, so I'm a little bit upset about that. But, you know, great questions. Great questions. And now it is time to play a game. Pretty insert that drop. Let's play a game. All right. So uh, we've, got, we've got a nice little twist on a game here. Um, listener of the week this week, Taryn, uh, she is a doctor, a real doctor, much more of a real doctor than, than Kevin, not a medical doctor, but a psychologist. Um, much more. And she knows all about psychological disorders, um, issues of the mind, things like that. Um, and so she has presented her own list of nine medical emergencies, or not emergencies, nine medical diagnoses. Psychological yes. terms. Yeah, that's medical. So let's let's just let's just diagnosis. let's just say this. Let's just call this what it is. So shout out to listener of the week Taryn for submitting this great segment that I can't wait to do. So much more than the stuff we have to deal with with arch nemesis Cora. So um, arch nemesis Cora. Uh, you know, just take notes. Name this is the how time it's supposed and place. To go. <laughs> how it's supposed to go. So, um, are, are, are there any fake ones in here, Huff? There are. There will be fake ones. I think I'm going to cut out one of the fake ones because Pretty's not here and one was meant for him. So, you will each get a fake one. I, I, we well, might go eight deep. Well, I guess there will be. Oh, yeah, because we're doing so, it differently. So, so the way this is head. working, right, we're, we're, you're going to give us the term and then we're going to both be able to guess what it is. Because we're going head to head. Because I am definitely the smarter doctor than, than Kevin. And I think this will definitively prove that that well, everyone on the podcast is a smarter doctor than Kevin. I will, I will say this, too. Um, the reason that I get to host this one is because um, I went to school for counseling, which is... 
you know, adjacent to psychology um, and being a psychologist and, and a lot of, you know, counselors can go on to be psychologists and all that kind of stuff. Um, she didn't exactly bring up the stuff that I studied, you know? So um, you didn't know so these? Great. <laughs> Taryn, Taryn is, I, I don't think it's any, much more educated and uh, just probably naturally way smarter than I am and has gone on to study and specialize and be way more intense into these and has come up with more rare or other named disorders. Yeah, leave it to Taryn so, to, to, to make a game that none of, we're not going to get any of these right. Yeah, over under on us getting any of them right, I think is two. Maybe. I think you guys are. I, I think you guys are just gonna guess fake on them all until you get both of those fake ones right, and then it's gonna be fun. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, okay. Great. Let's first. get it rolling. Um. Let's do. I want you two to figure out which one of the two of you looks older. Flynn with your hairline. Kevin with your gray. Who looks older, in general? Uh, waiters who have waited on us would say Flynn. Yep. Flynn, you're going yep. first. Kevin got guarded one time and I didn't. So it was great. <laughs> I, I, I'm very happy that that made it into the podcast now. All right. Flynn's up first. The first this is good because that's what I was asking last time. The first disorder. Okay. Yeah. Or is it? Is Pika. P I C A. Pika. P I T A. P I C A. Pika. Pika. As in. Pika de Gallo. And that's it? Not just, actually. Just four way. letters? That's all I get? Yeah, it's four letters. It's all Kevin's going to get, too. You guys have to guess the same thing here. It's not a, it, like Pika Syndrome or... Well, call it fake if you don't like it. Ah, uh, man. It's Pika. not called Pika de Gallo Syndrome. It's just Pika. 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 Choo. Um. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Uh. A, a condition in which someone believes that they are a fruit or vegetable. Kevin? This is like tennis, right? So only we can score a point. We can't lose a point by being wrong. Yes. So he's like serving and I'm not. So he can get the point or I can get the point. But if he answers wrong and I don't answer at all, it's it's a wash. Also, you can guess incorrectly and neither one of you gets it. Like you should always guess. Well, that's that's my... That's my point. Every is... correct answer is a point. That's that's the only the okay, only way. So it's like that if, if Flynn okay. gets it right, if Flynn gets it right, and you're like, I agree with yep. Flynn. I'm yep. not giving you a point for saying yep. I agree okay. with Flynn. Okay, All right. I'm there. All right. So Pika is a um, is a psychological disorder that involves individuals who can't help but salsa. Whenever music comes on, they have to salsa. Uh, I feel like weirdly overly specific, and Flynn, you were weirdly onto something when you said Pikachu. <laughs> um, this is a disorder, so it is real, uh, but it's when a person has the intense urge to eat non-food items. More common Ooh. in young children, but still possible in adulthood. I should have got that. That was on Grey's Anatomy. 
Okay. You are essentially a... You are Dr. Gray, if I've ever seen one. Yeah, his hair is definitely Dr. Gray. All right, I'm up next. <laughs> Joke explained. <laughs> yes, uh, Kevin, you get to... We're going to snake this thing back. You get to go first on alien hand syndrome. Alien, alien hand syndrome? Alien hand syndrome. Alien as an elf, hand as in an appendage, syndrome as in the villain from The Incredibles. Okay, this is different than phantom limb syndrome, which is when you feel pain in a limb that has been, um, uh, uh, oh God, what's that word that I can't, that, 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 um, cut off. Um, in this situation, in this situation, Point for Dr. Flynn. Alien limb syndrome is when you have been given an hand transplant and your psych your psyche can't recognize it as your real hand. And so you have a hard time uh, connecting with it and you can't get it to move the way you want it to and it always feels foreign. It is an alien limb to your brain, even though it is connected um biologically to your body alien hand syndrome is not that it is when when you feel as if someone's hand is like on you at all times but you don't know like who it is or or what it is it's not actually there but it's kind of like touching the back of your head or your shoulder or your back or something like that. So you always kind of feel a, a hand on you at all times. I, as arbiter of this and thinking that points might be scarce, I want to give this to Kevin. It's not necessarily a hand transplant, but it is when a person believes their hand is not their own and that it has a mind of its own, which I feel like does describe the rest of what he said. So I'll, I'll add this one more time. This is also what happens on an episode of Grey's Anatomy with a guy <laughs> and his foot. Um, he's like, this is not my foot. And then he goes and cuts it off with a chainsaw. I do not. I reject your point because I okay. specifically said this was a transplant. And that's what I believed. Um, okay. I had that scene in, of Grey's Anatomy in the back of my head. So um, and I chose Looks not like to we're say going zero, it could be zero this. for the tie. You try so, to give someone a win. And I'm, ju- just I'm just, I'm just saying, as face. a man of integrity, as a doctor of integrity, I, I reject your your fair point. I reject your closest. Being a doctor, I will give you the, you that you are the closest. No I was closest, but I was not right. I'll give you half a point. Nope. God, no one's gonna win this game. Okay. Carabast disorder, Flynn. Bell it, please. K A R A. B-A-S-T. Carabast. Carabast disorder. That's K as in Kevin? Uh, K as in uh, Karen. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to guess it's fake. Okay. Forgot that was a thing. (laughs) <laughs> there will, okay, care about. There will be two fake ones in this. I get you. I I have absolutely no clue, so I'm gonna agree with Flynn. It's fake. You can't get a point that way. 
I'm not gonna. Yeah, but he also <laughs> he also can't get a point if he guesses incorrectly. It's true. It's true. Guess <laughs> at least this way. <laughs> well, this is when you take a bath, but you're with a caribou. <laughs> it's a carabath. <laughs> I said bast. Flint <laughs> even asked me to spell it. He anyway, spelled it. <laughs> um, this is fake, but I'm very curious to know if either of you know where carabast comes from. No, no clue. No, no, absolutely no clue. I. Hold on, I'll Google it. Hold on. No, you don't have to. In talking to Taryn, we decided this was going to be perfect to give to Kevin because this is what Garab Zebarilius exclaims in moments of frustrations in Star Wars Rebels. Ah, great movie. Among Garabast. the best Star Wars movies of all it's time. It's a show. It's a show. It's Top a show. three Star Wars movie of all time. <laughs> oh, you said it's Rebels? Than Rebels? Yeah, it's... Oh, no, yeah. I, I don't know. Which we have not seen. <laughs> as, yeah, as, I googled a, it. as a yeah. quick aside, let me just say, I watched the first 15 episodes of uh, The Clone Wars because I was trying to buy into the fact that Hubcamp said it's that he likes it and I was going to give it a shot. And I hate it so much. I hate <laughs> it so oh, much. Oh, trust me. And, trust and, me, Kevin. I spite watched a season and a half before I was like, oh, no. Okay, they, but like, a, listen. A switch these, flipped, but it was spite no watching way, for a while. There is no way Anakin had an apprentice, period. These should not have happened. There is no way that Anakin had an apprentice and then the things that happened in the rest of the Star Wars series happened. It's just absolute malarkey. All right, well, I got the question right. Move on. Okay. No. Pierre Totem Disorder to Kevin. Please uh, say it again slowly. Pierre Totem Disorder. Piatotum? P-I-E-R-T-O-T-U-M. Pierre Totem Disorder. This is when you feel as though you are Pyrototin disorder? Totem. T-O-T-U-M. M as in Mary at the end. This is when you feel as though your head is taller than it's supposed to be on your body. Like a totem pole, you feel like your real head should be around your Adam's apple, but your actual head is towards the top of your noggin. And you're like, you know, as I walk around, you know what? I'm going to change my answer. This is pyrototum <laughs> disorder. It's when you walk around like, no, and, and your head, your head is so much shorter than the heads of your peers. And it shouldn't be. Because you are as tall of a human being as they are inside. But yet, (laughs) when you walk around, the other totem poles are taller than you, your peer totem poles, and they shouldn't be. Because they are smaller humans in general, yet are technically taller humans in real life. So I will say I'm this. I'm not convinced. Is that a Pixar shorts? I feel like that comes on before like <laughs> Luna or something. So I will Luna say this. When I started my new job, 
literally everybody calls Kevin short. Like every everyone in the department's <laughs> like, yeah, Kevin's short. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's not even a joke. It's just like you're that's friends with the short guy, right? <laughs> yeah, you're you're friends with the really really short guy, right? Yeah. Uh, so that was a, that was that was from Kevin's heart. Um, I think this is when people are afraid of French people. I think that's just called racism. Uh, uh, no, this is not a disorder. I went back to back fake on you guys. Oh, I almost did that. I almost guessed it. Almost guessed it. Now we only have real ones left. Man. Yeah, I wanted to give you guys as many there are real ones left as possible. Um, this Wonderful. is the beginning of the spell Pierre Totem Locomotor, which you guys know does what? Uh, I got nothing. Pierre Totem Locomotor does what in Harry Potter? Starts a car. Stops the train. You that no, it, it, it like it, it's 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 the spell that McGonagall uses to mm-hmm. um, to animate yep. the the, oh, uh, the, the statues. Yeah. yeah. Yes, defend mm. this so, school. So, Hope Camp, you've always wanted to use that spell. <laughs> so, so I was, I was listening to the, 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 the unedited version of that episode today, and, and when you, <laughs> you imitated McGonagall so well, I like busted out laughing, and I was walking Declan down the street, and I'm sure everyone that was like, who's this maniac just laughing out loud, walking a kid. <laughs> I stand by that. that was, it's one of my it's one of my favorite moments in the entire series. McGonagall's one of my favorite characters, and that's my favorite line from her. Um, anyway, let's jump into Flynn's Cotard's syndrome. C O T A R D apostrophe S. So Cotard owns this syndrome. Cotard. I won't rule out that it's pronounced Cotard. <laughs> Cotard's syndrome, <laughs> you know, that that tells me that someone coined this and named it after themselves, or it's named after whoever founded it or whatever. So it does not give any clue as to what it was. Um, so, it's obviously uh, Huntington's disease or whatever I thought Huntington's <laughs> disease was. <laughs> Cotard's syndrome. When you think everyone in the room is looking at you at all times. Interesting. I think this is a psychological disorder that creates a myriad of symptoms in patients who have had um, brain veins in the brain cauterized and it creates a situation where those veins being cauterized create you know bad stuff for the brain psychologically. That's my guess. Okay. Pretty, what's your guess? 
What's the word again? Uh, Critters or Cotards syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> He's ended his strike. <laughs> Did we he start paying him? Tonight? I sent him a Venmo for 18 cents. This episode's yeah, going will. so we poorly will. that we decided to pay him tonight. <laughs> I, I Venmoed him $5. I was like, can you come please save us? <laughs> yeah, uh... <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on two seconds. Hang on Hanging two on two seconds. seconds. Hanging on. Ugh, this is stupid. All right, whatever. What's the word again? Uh, Cotard's syndrome also could be pronounced Cotard's syndrome. I'm not a scientist. Cotard's, uh, I don't know. Cotard's. Cotard's <laughs> syndrome. Uh, oh, is that where is that where you start uh, the syndrome where you start talking in a vaguely French dialect like Marianne Cotillard? Ooh, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, good we answer. already we already did the we already did the French thing, and it was also wrong. <laughs> this is when a person believes they're dead. Oh yeah, that was my. Oh second yeah, like, guess. like the, just like she does. This in includes Inception, so it's all fine. the traits. This this includes all yeah. of the traits that come with being dead, like skin peeling, unable to be seen, and unable to be killed. So yeah, honestly, a little bit like Inception. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. Okay. You Next missed Carabast disorder, pretty. That's fair. Oh, like uh, Zebarelius in Star Wars Rebels. Duh, of course. Well, sorry that I ended my strike right now in the middle of the episode, but I thought it'd be prudent to uh, get back on here and talk to you guys. Okay. Uh, so we're going to move on to factitious <laughs> disorder. <laughs> okay. What is it again, Hope Camp? Factitious disorder. Got the facts it. are titious. As in, Jacob Pretty has factitious fun facts. I don't actually know. Um, F-A-C-T-I-T-I-O-U-S. Factitious. Got disorder. it. Got it. Um, factitious disorder. This is when you are... Um, this is when you are a... Piano player by training. <laughs> who gets a job on Broadway as, you know, associate music director. You start co-hosting a podcast with several of your fraternity brothers who are your senior. And you Some try to others. correct them uh, constantly uh, about different things that you just think you know, and you call them facts. And yet... Almost none of them are. This is a uh, a definition of fictitious disorder. Flynn? <laughs> I believe that factitious disorder is a subset of narcissism <laughs> in which you think that everything that you say is infallible. So, so guys, I make fun of I feel pretty. like you're both Flynn describing Pretty's fun facts. <laughs> I oh, I thought names. it was Jacob Pretty's you fun facts that. again. Oh, no, he was, making, he was making fun of me. 
No, I, I, when he said narcissism, I immediately thought of you. But when, when he then said everything you say is infallible, I was like, is he talking about Jacob Pretty's fun facts from a different angle? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty, um, pretty you going to bring us home? Yeah. Uh, factitious disorder is um, a condition in which one is so convinced that everything they say is correct and right that they feel obligated and um in fact motivated more than anything to um repeat the word or repeat whatever it is they were going to say so many times that it causes the editor of the podcast to have to go back and <laughs> chop out a lot of things so that way everything makes sense as to what is being said a big side effect is that they tend to work out a lot as well okay and have craters in their chest good um, I, say, I imagine this like is me, answers. but I have no I, idea. I actually do have some knowledge of this disorder and know the right answer. If I could, I don't believe you. I do. This say is it. this is. I'll give you ten seconds. Uh, my so I took a, I took a course in grad school called uh, Drugs wow, and Society. Wow, weird start to ten things. seconds of time. <laughs> and I, took, I took some psychology Kevin, course. Kevin can't do anything in ten seconds. Okay. <laughs> well, Most I, people I, would just I, say I the answer. Kevin says there's context needed here. But I, um, uh, real talk. I think this is what my grad school psycho communication psychology teacher would call Ferris Bueller disorder, which is where you someone appears to be sick to everybody around them but is actually well that's good i'd buy that uh yeah yeah it's uh most most commonly munchausen's disorder um person yeah. fakes a mental or medical illness to gain attention money or other valuable things it's pretty much ferris bueller so, so Kevin and I are tied. Yep. So let's let's try to break this tie. I don't know how we're gonna do it because I don't think you're getting either of the next ones. That means you're but gonna you take a what? shot. That I'm gonna take a shot. Is that how that yeah. works? You know, yeah. I didn't get to take a shot. That's how the host the... does it. I've done that multiple uh, times. <laughs> yeah, we did make y'all do that. I don't like hosting anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't get to have fun. You guys make me take shots. Kevin talks about grad school instead of answering questions. Pretty jumps on in the middle of your segment. Oh, this is exhausting. Um, let's do tardive dyskinesia. Tardive dyskinesia. 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 She asked me if I needed help for pronunciations. I said I'll just fumble through it, and I realize now that I should have asked her for help. <laughs> so, tardive is spelled tar dive. Dyskinesia is D Y S K I N E S I A. Not gonna lie, uh, spelling it doesn't help. Um, oh, I wasn't supposed to. You guys are both gonna miss this. I'm gonna call it a tie and take a shot of. Uh, this is the, you know, there's a lot of downsides to me doing this at Allison's. The plus side is it's about to be a shot of tequila instead of Bushmills. <laughs> I think <laughs> Flynn, you have the you guys answer might first, well but I think I have the right answer. Flynn, you go first. I don't. A a, it's 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 where. You think 
that you're married to someone, but they don't actually exist. When are you describing are the D&D marriage you orchestrated between me and Slam's character? That potentially, yes. Yeah, potentially. Kevin, your, your attempts at this? I understand this is... This can't be fake because we've used up those already. But I think that this is a condition when, where you believe, like the Grinch, your heart is three sizes too small. I don't know if the Grinch believed that. It's just, but anyway, Pretty, do you have a quick uh, comment? No, I have no clue on this one. This one is, I'm going to read this because I think that I don't want to... I don't want to take away from Taryn's words on this one. This one is a disorder. This is an involuntary movement disorder brought on by the effects of first-generation antipsychotic medication. It commonly has a symptom known as tongue thrusting. Yum. Well, that's special. I added no words to that. <laughs> like I, don't, I think we can record. rescind Taryn's listener of the week shit. <laughs> I, I like her better than Chorus, than Arch Nemesis Chorus still, but um, this has gone poorly I tried for us. so hard to give you a point. You got close enough for this game to have earned a point, Kevin. I, I got close enough to have won this game, but I was wrong, and so I will not accept that point. I offered you a half point. We give Flynn weird amounts of points when he tries Hope to errantly guess movies. Hope is just trying to offer you points so he doesn't have to take a shot at tequila, but I want to see Hope Camp take a shot at tequila. No, it's happening. It, I've already poured it. The shot is happening. I'm not happening it right now. I'm no coward. <laughs> and the way the zoom is 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 uh, positioned, I can only see your forehead. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We got all of it now. That's now great. It's just your your it's double great. chin. Yep. That tequila looks delicious. Go ahead and take it. <laughs> no chasers. All no right. chasers. Only high fives. I, you know what I have to chase it with? Mictors. <laughs> Everything else is empty. <laughs> oh, God. That's unfortunate. Nice. Or more tequila, which I'm not doing. I, I got to tell you all about this bourbon that I drank tonight, um, which is not good bourbon. It's called Canadian Mist Premium bourbon. Canadian Whiskey. No, it's it's a Canadian whiskey. And I just thought it was funny to drink, so I drank it. It's disgusting. Uh, on that note, on the note of Pretty trying to chime in with bourbon, talking about Canada, while being in Florida, which Flynn just found out uh, tonight was on Central Time Zone, uh, which some, he didn't know would be possible. Some of Florida is on Central Time Zone. The part of Florida that Pretty is in is in Central Time Zone. Yeah. And uh, Flynn yes. didn't think that was possible. And according now to we're Google, talking about Canada... Possible. According to Google, yeah, it's according possible. to Didn't know time that. zones, and those of us that have been to Destin, and normal people that know some things about geography, you were so confident that was my favorite part. Anyway, I legitimately um, thought Destin was out. next to Tampa Bay. Like that's, I, I just thought that that was a thing. You're like, yeah, Tom Brady. Li Tom Brady lives in Destin and commutes to Tampa for the games, right? Uh, actually, we work with a guy named Tom Brady. He lives in Cincinnati and commutes to Crestview Hills, Kentucky, every day. I work yeah. with Rachel Ray and Rob Lowe. Well, that's awesome. Rob Lowe's my hero. Yep. And we all, we all work awesome. with famous people at our colleges yep. that aren't actually famous. Um, I feel like we're, no, we're going nowhere. Uh, guys, uh, 
thank you for asking for none of this. We gave it to you anyway. Apparently, you did ask for some of it. Yep. Don't know why. We should stop Weird. all of it. Um, but have a drink on us. I don't care what Kevin says. He will pay for it with a smile on his face. If you just mention, if you're next, the next time you're at a bar with Kevin, just mention Bourbon and Brothers podcast. He will buy the whole bar around. True facts. Seeing it happen. Anyway, yep. uh, so have a drink on us, and uh, we'll see you next week. I hate that he's right. Good night. (laughs) Hey, Pods. I ended my strike early to tell you that if you like what you heard on today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast on any app that you're listening to. And if you didn't like what you heard today, well, sorry. But be sure to tune in next time for more shenanigans and fun. And follow us on social media at Airbnb. Now go have a nice glass of bourbon on us. Thank you.